Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family, and in every episode, we consider the research and we share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this very special episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by entrepreneur and coach Kathleen Stetson. Kathleen created the Entrepreneurial Confidence and Communication Program implemented at MIT's Delta V Accelerator Program and founded Rational Confidence, a community for founders shifting the startup ecosystem away from burnout and towards healthier company cultures. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm delighted to be here. Well, so... This week, we're looking at the entrepreneurial breadwinners among us. So uh, the ones who bring their dogs to work, drink Soylent to keep their energy up, sleep mm-hmm. under their desk, because I hear from everything I read and see that that's the only way to start a business. Right. Um, or you can, I also needed to get into and drop out of Stanford, wear cargo shorts, be a white guy without kids, and seemingly go uh, surfing in a wet hoodie. Or is that just Mark Zuckerberg? But he's not a founder anymore. He's actually, you know, the, a billionaire now. So, but anywho, w- this is the stereotype that I want to talk about because I think the stereotype of go, 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 go 24-7, it's, you know, that that's the assumption of being a founder. And yeah. I mean, is there any idea, do you have any thought of like where that comes from? Because it, I don't remember this always, right? Yeah, it, it's a good question. I mean, I think it, it built over time a little bit. And then I do think that that Facebook and the sort of proliferation of, um, you know, the, the hoodie Silicon Valley wearing, uh, or the hoodie wearing Stanford Boys, Silicon yeah. Valley startup. Yeah. That community, um, you know, the ping pong tables and the free lunch and the, you know, the perks yeah. and the, and which was all very exciting. So, so this kind of sleep on your desk thing, it, it, now we think of it as, oh, geez, this is really bad for your health. But I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was, it, it was exhilarating. And, and now still when startup founders, um, you know, decide to sort of embark on the entrepreneurial journey, it is, it's fun. And it's, uh, and it's, you know, you're, you're going to make an impact and you're going to change the world. And, um, and so sure you should work constantly because what a big mandate that is, you know, what a big mission, but the problem is, yeah, 70% of startups fail. So, um, wait, is, is this approach working? Like what's the disconnect? Yeah. Is this working for you? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And we know from, um, from, you know, countless uh, founder postmortems, you know, uh, after their companies failed, and and many now are sharing during, um, you know, while their startups are, are, while they're building their startups, that their health just suffers, right? Mental health, um, physical health has suffered. Uh, and, and now finally, you know, with the sort of um, gradual destigmatization of, um, 
you know, getting help for, for particularly mental health issues. So many more people are writing about this, which is such a good thing. And then of course, the pandemic, which, you know, now everyone is really having, um, you know, mental wellness challenges because it's hard. And so now we're just, it's, it's becoming so much easier to talk about these issues and it's, oh, it's such a good thing. Well, so tell me, so what was the work that you did at MIT? Like, where does that start from and where did it take you? Yeah. So I um, went to MIT for my MBA and I started my first startup when I was there. Um, And then, you know, it was going really well and we raised almost a million bucks and we were in a a well-known accelerator um, in Boston and we expanded our app to three cities. And, you know, so it was like going really well until it was not going well when (laughs) we just didn't have a business model, really. Um, Yeah, yeah. my startup was the same way. So yes, continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think that the business model will appear, but well, it didn't. And, um, and so ultimately we, we failed and, and the whole process, yeah, I, I it was exhilarating, but my health just took a nosedive. Um, I already had some sort of chronic health issues and, and they just got, you know, worse. And, um, and so all of that kind of led me to, I was trying to figure out my own health. I was trying to figure out how to feel better myself. I, you know, try to sort of rebuild my confidence and um, my sense of self after my startup had failed because I had entirely identified with my startup. I mean, I literally thought I was my startup. And when it failed, I thought that I I was a failure and I would never do anything useful again. Um, so it took a while to, to sort of, uh, you know, crawl out of that whole, frankly. And, um, and the way I did that was I did tons of research and I, you know, finally went and, and, you know, talked to friends and, uh, went sort of went down the rabbit hole of, of understanding myself better and, you know, what my impact really could be and, uh, found meditation and mindfulness. And that really kind of turned the corner. So, um, so then I became a coach and I decided, you know, gosh, the, the startup experience doesn't have to be this way. So I, from all of my Which research- Which is crazy, right? That that's your epiphany, you know? And, and it is an epiphany because it really is like, no, wait a minute. Wait, why why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, yeah just yeah. because everybody else is doing it. And when, I mean, when you're a young startup founder, I mean, you, you relish um, the opportunity to hear from other people's experiences and people who have come before and mentors and advisors and investors. And, you know, you think you need to do what they say. And, and they, when I, certainly when I was um, starting, yeah, when I was starting my company, they were like, if you're not 110% passionate about your company, who will be? And it's like, and, but passion doesn't have to mean 24 seven. It doesn't have to mean sacrifice yourself. Um, so, so long and short is I, I designed this self-awareness uh, program uh, for MIT, which we piloted last year um, in their Delta V accelerator, which happens during the summer for 12 weeks. Um, and now we're doing it again this year and it's been quite successful. And we, we um, produced the first data of its kind showing that, self-awareness practice, um, makes a positive impact on entrepreneurs. Wow. Now, so let's talk about the, the practice versus say just taking the afternoon off or, (laughs) you know, or just taking a hot bath and taking a break versus what you're talking about. Really? That's a really good question. Um, so, 
yes, taking a break and taking a bath are good things and they will help reduce stress in the moment, right? The taking some time for ourselves, you know, that will reduce cortisol. But the problem is the startup journey is long. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. many startup founders, you know, they, they go, 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 go. And they don't, they don't think about the fact that really, you know, the, the cliche is true. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So in order for us to continue over the long term, you know, a bath here and there, uh, you know, taking a quick break every once in a while is just not not going to sort of move the needle and, and create a, um, a sustainable uh, sort of practice for oneself. Um, and yeah. it doesn't create a sustainable culture in the company, in, in your company that you're starting. So, yes, um, right. Yeah. So what we've, what we do at MIT, um, in entrepreneurial confidence and communication is we teach self-awareness practice and, and self-awareness is really just being aware, being, uh, bringing your attention to your, uh, thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations, um, in the moment. And, and then the awareness of what you can do with those thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations. So um, self-awareness is the basis of emotional intelligence. Um, and and the tools that we teach f- to develop self-awareness are meditation and mindfulness. Um, Not the open bar cart we had at my start- startup. Right? <laughs> that is a good perk. And I, I, I don't think that we should get rid of that. When I, when I interviewed at that, I interviewed to uh, lead that startup. Uh, there was the bar cart. I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. And then we never used it. So we actually had that. We didn't even have that. As a, we didn't even use the crutch. But yes, oh I think God. there are better tools. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's, you know, listen, like we, everybody blows off steam in different ways. And that's important, too. Um, but, but what we hypothesize is that if you, br- if you, if you, basically do self-care on purpose, right? If you come up with your own and it, and it doesn't have to look like everyone else's and it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour of meditation a day, but if you create your own, um, sort of rituals, habits for yourself that you do every day that are sustainable over time, then you can basically keep your stress in check because the problem is what happens is, you know, the startup journey and life, you know, are filled with uncertainty. We have no idea what's going to happen next. And because of uncertainty, we feel fear. And that fear turns into stress, which if you're self-aware, then you bring that kind of like, ah, wow, okay, I'm feeling stressed. What are, what are these feelings? Why am I feeling this way? And what can I, what can I choose to do about it? You know, but if you don't have that and you're just like, ah, shit, I'm stressed. Then, um, and then you just push, push, push through it, which is what many of us were taught. Then you get chronic stress and chronic stress is what leads to mental and physical health problems. So, um, self-awareness kind of arrests that cycle of stress into chronic stress into bigger problems. Well, and so you were tracking, I would suppose, uh, all the people who are participating with, you know, it's like we we know it for ourselves, but now you take it out into the wild and you get essentially strangers that you bring in to try all of this. And so how did it go with them? Were they And were they resistant at first to some of it? You know, yeah. Last year, yes, there were. Um, let's see. Uh, there were only let's see, only 65 percent of our cohort last year had um, 
they'd never meditated before. 65% had never meditated before and only 21% were regularly practicing meditation or mindfulness. Um, and there were definitely was some, some participants. So this was actually a mandatory part of Delta V and we did that to destigmatize it. Right. Because, um, you know, there's the, the, because we're used to as founders, you know, feeling like, well, I don't need help. I just, you know, I got to hustle. I got to work hard. And, um, and so we basically made the help and the support a mandatory part of Delta V. And uh, that ended up making it possible for the people who really wanted this to feel feel great about wanting it. And the people who were like, yeah, whatever, sure, um, to, to give it a shot. And sure enough, um, we did it. Ninety three percent of the uh, of the cohort felt at the end of the program that self awareness practice can help entrepreneurs create more successful businesses. So um, wow. it was pretty. Yeah, it was. That is uh, that's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a mandate at that number. I think you know ninety three percent. Okay. Um, What's up with the seven percent? Well, we won't. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I could get into it. It's it. Let's. We have to remember it's a small enough sample size that the 7% represents about 10 people. So we had 84 um, entrepreneurs in the cohort um, with uh, with 60 of them um, total reporting between the our pre and post program surveys by which we uh, gathered this data. So, you know, it's a decent sample size, but it's, it's you know, not hundreds and hundreds of people. So that 7%, sure enough... Um, they're all men, um, which uh, I think we might have um, guessed that, that that might be the case. And and it was. And I can't make so again, I can't make huge conclusions about that. But I, I do think, um, you know, I think as as females, we we have been allowed to be more vulnerable and to be more open about our challenges, it, it comes a little bit more naturally to us because it's, it's, you know, culturally okay. Um, or it has been, and I think that's been harder for men. And now I think, you know, I mean, men have not sought out mental, um, you know, health services quite as much. And, you know, so now I think it's really yeah. around and sure enough this year, um, I don't have the data yet to share, but, um, but it's incredible. The interest in learning about meditation and mindfulness, the interest in having tools to, um, you know, work on oneself, not just on the startup. I mean, everybody's, everybody's interested. It's very cool. And I wonder too, there, you know, there's been, um, it's, a, it's a sort of, um, uh, trend right now is to do the bad CEO uncovered story. And I don't think any starter uh, startup guy wants to be that person. You know, they, yeah. they said they were a great company, but they're not. And then somebody does the expose on it. And so why don't you skip that step and just exactly. <laughs> find your center and create a culture where, you know, mindfulness is part of it, you know, yeah. both for the individual, but also collectively that um, we, we've been talking a lot on the, breadwinners about em- employee voice, like feeling comfortable to to step up and say something if you think something should be changed or you think something is wrong. And and I, I got to think this all connects with being in touch with yourself and with and that the culture supports you being in touch. I just say it's all a good thing. It's a good thing if we've all 
I, I, as I get older, I realize that part of working is that I've made the decision to be part of this group. You know, you pay me or I'm paying you or all that sort of jazz. But really, there's a sense of like, this is the group I want to work with. And so especially with a startup where it even even if we do dial it back to like 20, seven days a week, <laughs> you know, 26 days a week or something, um, don't you want it to be a culture where you feel supported or you can say what's on your mind and make it a better place? I think it helps. I just think it helps the business. It intuitively seems right to me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I and that's over time, we hope to be able to prove that, that in fact, a culture that's based in self-awareness and openness and, um, and the ability to be not just the ability to be vulnerable, but the encouragement to, you know, to say how you're feeling, to say what you need to say, um, you know, what, what would make your experience better? What would make your uh, ability to work, you know, better. So, um, we're we're working on over time you know we we don't have it yet but over time we hope to be able to prove that that actually moves the needle for a startup's bottom line um and so i we hypothesize that it does we'll we'll see uh but yeah, yeah. My, my goal is you know <laughs> i was taught um when i was starting my startup it was like well you know 70% of startups fail so you know you don't want to be part of that 70% and now i'm thinking it's like how about instead of that we can say uh Let's have fewer startups fail. Why don't we change the seventy percent? I love I love that because I'm all, my other big topic I'm into these days thinking about is story framing, and that is a story framing moment right there. It's that can, let's frame this story as how to improve that number as opposed to scaring the bejeebers out of you not to be part of the seventy. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I just you know like and. Yeah, and you know what that comes from? I'm going to get on my soapbox. That comes from having different points of view. A woman with kids, uh, somebody of color, someone who came up through, uh, God forbid, a community college and state school system and didn't go to Stanford. You know, like just different points of view of what's important. And and can we change these cultures? Because one note cultures obviously are failing 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. I'm getting out there. I'm being bold. <laughs> Well, so where are you taking this? Like, where is all this data taking you now? Like, um, tell me about rational confidence and and how you can put this into action. Yeah, totally. So the um, after the success of last year, you know, we're continuing this uh, at Delta V this year, and um, but it but my thinking was okay, cool. So how do we bring this to more entrepreneurs? Of course, you know, and and what does that look like and um, and, and really it's about, I think it's about galvanizing people to change the culture of entrepreneurship. So it's an individual, um, there's an individual benefit, which is if you develop more self-awareness, you will, um, be able to make better decisions for yourself, better self-care decisions, better, uh, better, uh, sort of day-to-day -day priority setting, goal setting decisions, which then it will accrue to your startup. So better decisions for your startup. Um, but also there's a systemic benefit, which is if we can change, you know, founder by founder, if we can change the way that they approach their startup building, then they're, 
it'll, I mean, I, I kind of hate to use this phrase, but it's a kind of a trickle down effect, right? It helps their employees. Right. It helps as they grow and those startups become really, you know, big, successful companies. Those companies will have he- healthier company cultures. And then, you know, the business community down the line as a whole will, yeah. um, will embrace, yeah, embrace diversity, embrace, embrace inclusion, embrace vulnerability, embrace additional voices, just as you said. So, um, so rational confidence is, uh, my answer to trying to make that happen. It's a community of, uh, funded founders and revenue, uh, funded and revenue making founders and senior, uh, members of startups, um, coming together to, yeah, to, to share what works and what doesn't work and imagine, you know, how, how can we do this together? How can we each individually, uh, bring a different kind of culture to our startups and, and what does that look like? And, um, so it's, it's, it's new just in the past couple of weeks, it's, um, it's available for, uh, founders to, um, apply to not because we want to be snooty or exclusive, but because we want to uh, start with a, a community that all kind of speaks the same language and are at the same stage-ish in their startup, and and then right. we will will hopefully expand it from there. Wow! So and and so when they when they come into it, um, what what happens? Do you indoctrinate them? Do they all have to wear some sort of robe? <laughs> Gosh, no, no, no. Okay, um, all right. Yeah. No, we're we're so we're simply starting with a, a community um, that uh, there's weekly meditation, uh, group meditation over uh, Zoom. There's um, people sharing their experience, and then as as the community grows, because it's in alpha right now, we're um, adding in peer groups. So, and that's really been the, the, one of the keys to ECC, the program at Delta V is the peer group experience where, you know, I certainly experienced this and many other founders I know have where you just feel like you have no one you can really talk to when you're building your startup because kind of everybody, you know, has some kind of stake in your success. Um, so you feel like you can never be honest. Uh, and so, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or people are further along than you, so you kind of you feel bad, or um, or they're not telling you the full truth. It's 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 a little akin to like the new moms group, you know. You yeah. want to be with people with the baby the same age, so you can talk real in depth about that moment you, that you're at. Yeah, <laughs> totally honest, right? You can just vent, and exactly. So, so um, rational everything rational confidence is confidential, and uh, the so we're creating peer groups as it grows to, yeah, to match up founders and senior team members, you know, so they can really talk about what's happening. Uh, uh, for example, in, um, in Delta V, you know, one of the, the main and, and in my own one-on-one uh, practice, coaching practice, one of the main things, issues with entrepreneurs is their co-founders. Um, because well, not yeah. because, you know, everybody's got co-founder issues, but because the co-founder relationship is such an intimate, close one, you know, it's like a marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, yep. you're going to have communication challenges. And, um, and so, yeah, let's talk about that. You know, let's get into it. So there's group, group coaching, there's um, access to like discounted one-on-one uh, coaching, because that's the other thing, you know, most co-founders do not have access to executive coaches. Um, yeah. You know, it's too expensive. It's, it's, or they feel like- I was going to say, it's, it's hard to invest in 
yourself in the normal, you know, and yeah. just in the normal every day, it's hard to. Yeah. So, you know, now you're, you're pouring every penny, every drop of sweat into your startup and you're like, no, I can, I can figure this out. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, I should be able to do this on my own. I, I, you know, either I don't need help or I shouldn't need help. And it's like, wait, right. uh, CEOs across the land have executive coaches that are paid for by the company. There's no reason why startup founders shouldn't. And in fact, even more so they should, because it's a hard, it's a hard road taking that big risk and putting yourself out there. And so, um, that's, we also in the Delta V program, um, provide one-on-one coaching for all of the founders. And so that's a part of rational confidence as well. Um, And then there's self-awareness curriculum. So um, we do weekly prompts, uh, discussion prompts um, to kind of get people sort of in a, in a aware state more often. And, um, and then uh, we'll add in courses um, similar to ECC to help them develop their self-awareness over time. Now, um, as a startup founder, are you are you still doing all your mindful practice? I'm I'm being your accountability partner. <laughs> thank oh, thank you. Yeah, I um, I yes, it's I meditate at night. But I'll say that it's and this is part of it that you know we we develop habits. They you know we we as humans morph and change over time. We're 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 changing each day just a little bit, right? Um, and so you know I'm some. There are some weeks where. Yeah, I I don't meditate. And then I'm like, okay, yep, I need it again. And then I re-up and for a couple of weeks, I'm really great about my evening meditation. Um, One of the things I do always do, and that's been consistent since I... um, since I became a coach and and learned these techniques is um, it's something that I call mundane mindfulness, which is just mindfulness, but it's doing it uh, during a very uh, mundane task. So, so my favorite is doing the dishes. Um, when, whenever I do the dishes, I just really try to focus on the dishes. So I'm, you know, instead of like listening to a podcast or, you know, thinking about what I have to do that day or reflecting on how the day went or worrying about whatever, I literally bring my attention to the feeling of the suds on my hands and the heaviness of the pot, you know, as I'm holding it and the scrubbing motion. And that in itself is just bringing attention to the thing you're doing in that moment, um, which allows you then, you know, if you do that all the time, it allows you to bring your attention to the thing you want to bring your attention to more often in a more sort of, that's interesting. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Though, also, if you want to help with the dishes, you're free to do that. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, next, Yeah, when COVID, when this is all done, I'll be your house, Jennifer, and I will. Uh, right over. Right over. I could use the help. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't believe how many dishes we make. Well, um, <laughs> how can people find you? How can they learn more about Rational Confidence? Yeah, um, rationalconfidence.com. We also uh, have a newsletter, Rational Confidence Letter, um, which you can subscribe to from Rational Confidence. Um, and if you want to learn more about um, the programs I create for accelerators um, and universities, uh, you can go to KathleenStetson.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on The Breadwinners. 
Our guest today was breadwinner Kathleen Stetson of Rational Confidence. You'll find links to everything we talked about in the episode description wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, share your story, offer some feedback. How are you making it work? We'd love to know. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.